I'm trying to figure out what's going on and we'll probably figure it out in a few months. Yes. <laughs> but okay. Addie agreed to take a butt class with me. <laughs> so we're you know very we're reluctantly. Real but um, you know, it's for the best. <laughs> okay, so you have like that external anal sphincter. Yep. Right? And then there's like an internal That's the most outer layer. Right. Okay. But then there's like um another sphincter under that right like deeper sphincter so i feel like that internal sphincter gets really tight when the external one is not necessarily tight just like around the vagina yeah and so like when the external one is like tight and the internal one is like normal or like not bothering me i almost feel like that's when like you're not fully voiding or you're getting that like itchiness later you know what i mean like you're retaining you're just not fully emptying yeah or if you're wiping and you're like gripping your butt instead of like relaxing your butt and like really getting in into all the spaces this is all the things i've been <laughs> experimenting so again your bidet type your tushy your i'm totally getting one did i tell you i'm getting sprayer. ash one for christmas i have a coupon code for um the washer i'll link it oh i haven't seen that one it's just like a handheld curved carry bottle have you looked into the bidets the seated or just like the, the ones, ones that you, you attach to your toilet yeah they're they're fairly reasonably priced there's one in our in our Amazon shop. So the tushy one is like 80-ish dollars or a hundred bucks or something. But then on Amazon, there's a ton that are like 30 to 40. I think it'll just be a matter of quality. I have not tried any of them. So I don't know if the tushy is significantly better and like going to last longer. And is it just that it's more aesthetically pleasing on your toilet or I don't know. I don't know. But I'm like, why would I pay double the price? And the ones I've looked at aren't even hot water. They're just all... Cool. Like tap yeah. water. I think I water. would definitely want to read all, like, read a bunch of reviews comparing. When I was looking at some of them, it was like, how is this going to attach and not like be slidey or cause my toilet seat mm. to now like be kind of off kilter or janky? That's so I think, like, yeah, going through the reviews and kind of reading reviews. Yeah. I was reading some reviews, but the $35 Amazon one was like four and a half plus stars. Mm. Um, but it would be smart of them to include the toilet seat with the bidet and sell it like as a unit oh, well that's our thing then yeah maybe we need to like get on that a wedge and a bidet we yeah. could have it made <laughs> hi and welcome to the don't beat around the bush podcast i'm Addie holzman and i'm Haley kava we're friends pelvic floor physical therapists moms and occasional hot messes who are here for real uncensored conversations about all things pelvic health And because our conversations are uncensored, they're likely not appropriate for little ears. Please remember our disclaimer. Although we both are licensed physical therapists, we are not your physical therapist. Yeah, anyways. And our content is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. Please consult your own healthcare team for individualized advice, diagnoses, and treatment. So for cleaning your butt, itchiness, though, can also be muscle tension. Not even like left behind poop. It's, oh, like a neurologic thing? Yeah. So like if you're around around vagina, so the superficial muscles that surround go around the vaginal opening and go around the anal opening, if they're holding a lot of tension, they can cause a sensation of itching. That's interesting you so, say that because when I'm itchy, I'll like go wipe with a wipe and it's 
clean it. I'm like, why the hell am I itchy? Yeah, but that makes sense because mm-hmm. I know I'm tight. Yeah, those when... little like superficial nerves and all those things that run through there then are just getting like hypersensitized. Mm. And I think because our discrimination, sensory discrimination in in the pelvic floor isn't as good as like our hand. Yeah, right. That it can feel like they're different things. So I have had clients that are coming to pelvic floor PT because of like recurrent UTIs or recurrent yeast infections, but they're actually not mm-hmm. yeast infections. They're not UTIs. It's just the feeling tension of and pain with peeing or feeling like they're not emptying properly or yeah, feeling itchy, like you've got some sort of fungal infection or whatever. And it's it's literally the muscles are tight. And once that's resolved, if I do a really hard workout or go for a really long run that I'm not used to, my pelvic floor will get really tight. Mm -hmm. And then when I pee, it's like the stream is so weak and it's almost burned, not burns, but it it doesn't feel right. Like it's just like flow is off. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like a garden hose, but you're like kind of pinching it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like the muscles are so tight that it's not releasing. Yeah. So the bladder and the pelvic floor work as a team. So there's a muscle around the bladder. It contracts when the pelvic floor relaxes. So if your pelvic floor is not relaxing, but your bladder is full, the, the bladder muscle is going to say, well, we know we should be contracting to push this pee out, but we don't have this feedback loop quite right because my pelvic floor is holding on to that tension and my bladder muscle can't do what it's supposed to do. So then what do people do? Push. Push, right? So they bear down and create pressure <laughs> To push past that tight pelvic floor. So then the the, the truster, the bladder muscle doesn't Mm -hmm. have to do anything. And it's a lazy muscle. It's like, Mm -hmm. oh, sweet. You're going to push this pee out and I have to do it. Cool. I think one thing people don't realize is how neurological our bladder system is. As far as getting the messages that I have to pee and what Mm -hmm. has to happen like on a nerve level to get the bladder to contract while the pelvic floor relaxes and empties. And it's really cool. Oh, there was you follow my pelvic floor muscles. Um, Jeannie, she's awesome. If you don't follow her, go follow her. She has the best reels. (laughs) But she did a reel yesterday. So Ellen started a new show relating to pelvic floor. I didn't watch it, but I saw a clip about it. So the doctor on the panel was telling people in order to see if they were doing Kegels right to stop peeing and hold it for two to three seconds and then start again. And (laughs) that's horrible advice. Please don't do that. Doing Kegels while you're peeing can really F your bladder system up big time. Yes. Because it's training you to hold and tighten when you need to be relaxing. You could do that one time. Yeah, like don't make if you don't have problems, just to be like, can I stop my pee? Yes, cool. Then don't do it again. Yeah, and then what's scary about that though is that That a lot of people saw that. Yeah, and that coming from a doctor or a medical professional, they're gonna be like, well, that's gotta be legit. Like, Mm. I should start. What kind of doctor was this? I don't know. I gotta look. She had a white coat on, which is also scary because it's like anybody in a white coat, people are like, oh, they know what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I was just like. Oh boy. <laughs> Watch where you get your advice from, right? Yeah. Um, so don't hold your pee or do keels while you're peeing. Anyway, because it's it's not just muscles. We're I dealing with nerves. If and... you are a pelvic floor PT and you're listening to this and you have an Instagram account, let's blow that. <laughs> just share that reel up. over and over again. Do oh, yeah. Boo. Yeah. We need to get on Ellen then. I know, right? Ellen. <laughs> friend of the pod. I doubt it. <laughs> just send it to her. 
I was also, because I, like, we were talking before, sorry to interrupt you. No, keep going. We were talking before the podcast about how sometimes it's the simplest thing. When you think you're, like, as a therapist, you think you're treating this very complicated, very difficult problem. And I was really, before I became public floor PT, really nervous about treating people who had pelvic floor problems, particularly pain, pelvic pain. It is unbelievable how sometimes it is as simple as don't push your pee out, relax on the toilet, get your constipation under control, and like, don't, yeah, don't kegel all the time. And then like, learn how to connect. And that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's sometimes it's just education. No exercise is needed. Right. You know, obviously, we love exercises. And we think that that's very important. And that progressing and building getting strength and building resilience and all of that stuff is so important but sometimes yeah it's as simple as oh my I always stop my pee every time I go pee because I heard this thing one time when I was watching tv and the doctor said it made my pelvic floor strong to stop my pee stream so now every single time I go to the bathroom I do that well okay let's try not doing that for a little while and now they're better and it's like well that makes it for an easy day for me but or just like Kegels in general, the common perception is if, if I have any pelvic floor problems, right? Because you don't always necessarily know if it's weakness or tightness or what right. is going on. Right. The general idea is like, oh, I just have to do more Kegels. And that is false. Well, like, it's like saying you have shoulder pain, do bicep curls. Yeah. <laughs> just work it more. <laughs> what, that's not advice. That is not, no. that is not medical advice. And like, Kegels, in my opinion, should never be done in isolation because that pelvic floor is part of a system, your abs, your diaphragm. Like when I teach clients to do Kegels, it's always with breathing and it's always working on that relationship and the pressure and like. So here's a question. You have, you maybe have a different answer because you had some pelvic floor dysfunction earlier in your, in your life, pre-kids, <laughs> your fissures and all that, and right. just having a tight butt. The question that I ask almost all of my, especially like postpartum clients is before you had your child, before you had these problems after childbirth, did you think about your pelvic floor? And if they didn't have pelvic floor dysfunction pre-kids and particularly like if they were like weightlifting or in CrossFit or, or athletic, and I say, did you think about your pelvic floor before you had children? And the answer is no. I don't, I didn't ever think about my yeah. the front of my pelvic floor because I didn't have issues there. Yeah. Because our pelvic floor should work in system. Mm-hmm. And so if your treatment plan is to become hyper aware of how to contract your pelvic floor, it's just about as effective for your function as, again, like, yeah, doing a jillion bicep curls to try to make your shoulder stronger for like lifting overhead or climbing or whatever. So it doesn't, it doesn't translate. And so, yes, yeah, sometimes we do need to have some public floor awareness at first, mm-hmm. but we're not done until you don't think about your public floor anymore. Right. Like it's automatic system. Right. What is the four things? It's like conscious control. So it's um, unconscious, incompetent. Unconscious. So you don't know that you don't know what you don't know. Right. You don't know there's a problem. Then you're conscious incompetent, meaning you know what you don't know and you're thinking about it. Right. Then there's conscious competence. So you can do it right when you think about it. And then unconscious competence. So you're just doing it without thinking. And yeah, so obviously our goal is to get to unconscious competence. Basically a habit. So want to form a habit. So physical therapy is, I think what we're really good at in physical therapy is 
conscious competence and we miss that last step. It's like, oh, okay, you can, uh, I'm assessing your pelvic floor, you've got five out of five strength, your core, core activation is really good. But then when you're not thinking about it and you go grab your screaming kid or you grab the carrier, it doesn't translate. Those skills that you've learned, that strength that you've built doesn't carry over. Mm-hmm. And that's and that takes time. And then that, and right? then that's really annoying to me as a physical therapist because then I hear things like, "Oh, PT didn't work for me," and it's like, um, "Well, I feel like if you get to conscious competence, you feel like it did something because you can control things, you're aware of things." But if it's right? not working for you in your life, then what was the point? I mean, because I feel like, like it's there's not there's no competition for laying flat on your back and squeezing your pelvic floor right. as tight as possible. Right. But it's not like a linear progress, right? Like our bodies are always changing in tension and like reacting to literally everything during our day. So so sometimes I feel like I'm really good conscious or unconscious competence yeah. and I feel great and I can do my runs and workouts yeah. and not have any symptoms and and then, like, something happens, and then I fall back into having to consciously yeah. control things. Yeah, yeah. I think, so. yeah, but I think having those skills in the first place, getting to a point in your program where you're like, okay, now I can do this run without thinking about what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, that's tiring. It's mentally exhausting. It's exhausting. <laughs> like, I sometimes want to just go work out and, mm-hmm. you know... I would be exaggerating to say throw weight around because I like use the bar, but like, <laughs> but you don't want to throw, throw a it away. Ball, like as hard as I can against the wall, you know, like without having to think, okay, like activate, lift. <laughs> Funny story about the med ball. Do you know that I dented Forte's wall oh, in one of Lauren's classes? Oh, I no. the ball so hard. <laughs> then- Super strong Eddie. <laughs> Just and then she, like, wasn't up. able to do that exercise in her classes anymore. Oh, no. Sorry, Lauren. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. Owen, Addie's second child, is Addie reincarnate. Just oh, too strong for their own good. So gentle-spirited, but just so strong that they cannot. <laughs> I can't wait to see him get into sports. He is going to be so much fun. But, yeah, so, like, yeah, you don't always want to think about it. Especially if you're trying to, like, de-stress and you want to, like, go for a run and not think about anything. Yeah. And that's great. You don't always have to think about it. We we already talked about the year of the tight asses in, like, 2020 being a stress shit show. <laughs> but now moving into the holidays in a <sighs> pandemic, it's like, can we just layer more, more stress so we need those outlets we we need those opportunities to really release whether that's you just dance or you yeah go for a run or you lift weights or you just yeah like you just go do whatever it is that you want to do that makes you feel at ease without having to think about your pelvis if any of you have any kids around this is a warning you may want to pause this or make sure you are listening to the next section without them around COVID is just shitting all over everything this year. But the one silver lining is if you have an elf on the shelf, you can quarantine him. (laughs) So when he shows up, just quarantine him for a while and you don't have to move him. (laughs) That just reminded me that I did not. I need to get one. We've never had an elf on the shelf because we've been deliberately avoiding that. Yeah. But now I'm getting to the point where they're like on the cusp of like, losing that christmas magic mm. and owen's been asking about an elf on the shelf all week like he that's what he wants for christmas right and i'm like ash we really need to do this this year it'd be so much fun 
we're and running out of time. So Cam's little best friend, who's the same age, and we um, nanny share before with that family, and they now go to daycare together. And so I asked his bestie's mom, like, do you guys do Up on the Shelf? Because if you guys do it, we have to do it because they're getting, I don't know if they talk about it, but I don't know. If we both do it, then it helps with the magic. <laughs> and so they do it. And so I was like, okay, like, that's fine. I've always seen online, like, how people get really elaborate with it and get real fancy. Like, the elf is supposed to, like, be naughty, kind of. There's some really funny things out there. Yeah. But when we actually read the book, they don't, you don't have to do anything like that. Like, yeah. They're just in different places. So, like, he was, like, on top of a picture frame or, like, hanging from the light fixture. So, it's been, it's been fun. But no, I, I think the last two days we forgot, but it's up high. And I think Cam's kind of forgotten, so I should probably move it before I get to school. <laughs> oh, man. Christmas magic. Yeah. yeah. He's like so into Christmas this year. That's cute. Yeah. It's probably like the first year that he's he gets like, it. knows so, what's going on. So last year he didn't get it until Christmas morning. Mm-hmm. Then, because we'd been talking about it, but he didn't understand like what do you mean this guy's gonna come to our house so then when I got him up that morning and we came down the stairs and the tree and the, all the stuff was under the tree then he was like oh I get this and then for like a week he was like did Santa come did Santa come we're like no no Santa just comes once a year <laughs> it's fun like it is really you know when you are older it kind of loses that that fun like when we were kind of married with no kids it was like oh yeah we don't really need to buy each other anything bobby and i aren't big gift givers to each other very often it wasn't super magical and now now we're looking like okay what what do you think they'd like and you know that kind of stuff is really definitely loops back around yeah definitely more fun and then i'm starting to think at 34 i remember my mom and dad being this age, you know, like when you were like yeah. kindergarten, first grade, because my mom and I had our first child at the exact same age. Mm-hmm. And so same, like, actually me and my mom. Well, isn't no, that crazy? I had I had Cam when my mom was the same age that she had me. OK, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So like it's so weird to think, oh, this is how my parents felt at this point in time, like yeah. way back when. Yeah. And it did feel really magical and it did feel really special as a kid. So I hope I can do that the same yeah yeah oh christmas but that does add some some butt stress so much butt tightness so are you going to be doing amazon or going in person or i really i like love going downtown yeah like shopping shopping all the local shops we avoided like small business saturday just because i felt like it was going to be busy and Mm -hmm. we're trying to you know be conscious about that um, but even today, like we went and got some stuff for Owen's teacher and I'm like, oh, I was just thinking of everyone like, oh, this would be so cute. And this would be yeah. so cute. Oh my gosh. So There's we'll probably really do both. Little shops that we have around to us. Mm-hmm. Super cute. We got the kids a sensory swing, you know, that like goes like in the house, the mm-hmm. fabric, the stretchy fabric thing mm-hmm. um, to like read in or twirl around in in the winter when it's cold outside or whatever. But we also got these cool cocoon things i'm not i forget what they're called but they basically you know the zippity zips Mm -hmm. um they look like one of those for big kids and they're that stretchy material and it's some like sensory thing because being trapped together every day all day has really upped the energy at our house and i need to calm it down a little bit my mom thinks i'm crazy because she's like okay what do you want me to get for the kids i'm like i want wooden toys she ordered like this big like it's like a rocker board so it's like wood it's like a thin piece of wood that's like a u 
And so it's like a teeter-totter. Oh, I know what you're talking about. I'm so pumped for that. You should get one of those. Um, I'm forgetting what like they... Like the climbing thing? Yes. Yeah. So so the, I, I sent her like pictures of the climber and that rocker. And the climber had a picture of a baby like who was just like pulling to stand, climbing on it. And mom's like, well, it says it's for kids three and up. And I'm like, oh, well, then whatever. <laughs> get me the rocker board. <laughs> yeah. Like, what is it? The Arnold climber or something i can't i'm not sure what they're called but yeah no there's a whole bunch of them i was looking on etsy there's like makers who will make them separate from like the bigger companies that there's some in our area that do Mm -hmm. um so i maybe bobby and i will will do that as a a gift cam's probably getting a bit old for that but it would be good for for the little row it's funny because i have two german friends that are like ob midwives right Mm -hmm. three actually but the two that have kids in our age range they have all wooden toys and they're very conscious about that and it's so cool and i'm like damn i wish i like would have started out that way right Um, because they're pretty too it's like the idea of like i want these toys to be like out because we have like all sorts of toys out and they're just and their mindset is like no noise no lights it's all imaginative play yeah the waldorf and the montessori toys yeah they're really cool toys and i feel like the kids would play with them like forever but so it's funny because it must be like a european mindset that they just like really into that Mm-hmm. Just yeah, independent. If I could do it over, we would just be all wood. <laughs> random. We did not even pre-discuss this, but this is totally random. Okay. I've been seeing some reels on douching and mm. feminine hygiene kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. That would be an interesting topic. And I saw one doctor. Guess what? It's really simple. Don't do it. <laughs> Water. Yeah. One, I think she was a doctor, did a whole reel on how you don't use soap directly on inside. Yeah. Or like even on the labia, she said to just let the water Mm -hmm. run um, in the shower. And I remember it was years ago when we started getting into pelvic health and you went to that talk by Paige Blue Mm -hmm. and you came back and you're like, oh yeah, you're not supposed to wash your like vulva. Yeah. And I was like, what? (laughs) And you said something like self-cleaning oven. And I was like, well, that's interesting. And then I started telling Ash that he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. (laughs) I'm like, no, it's true. You're not supposed to scrub it or put soap on it. (laughs) So that's become like a joke between us. I'm like, no, it's a self-cleaning oven. You only have to clean the stovetop. The rest takes care of itself. Yeah. Well, I I think it's like a women's shame thing, too. It's like this idea of like, oh, women's vulvas don't smell good. Like, it's not meant to smell like... (laughs) flowers like what do you expect but there's so many products that are scented you should keep it well away from do your just save your money spend that that summer's eve money on wooden toys (laughs) and (laughs) patients who come into pelvic floor pt i think are nervous about having an internal exam Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to say that it's maybe something that they, they do all the time, but I think definitely before they come or before you get like a GYN exam or whatever, is that you can tell if you've scrubbed that area, washed it with products that are like abrasive or irritating because that skin is so sensitive. Mm-hmm. And so it's super easy for that tissue to get irritated. And when that tissue is irritated, it can make you feel like it's a pee all the time. It can make that pelvic pain worse. It can it can cause you to hold a little bit more tension uh, in your pelvic floor muscles because it's irritated. Mm-hmm. Like if you had like a you know like a sunburn on your shoulders, you're gonna kind of hold your, on it. 
you're gonna hold your shoulders kind of tight right because yeah. it's like oh that hurts when i move so i'm not gonna move it as much there's fragrances and alcohols in those yeah right the products themselves are abrasive and that they they're irritating to that really delicate biome like that microbiome that exists in the and in that's the your self-cleaning oven yeah. you don't want to like those good clean those away <laughs> you need those good bacteria can't you get more yeast infections oh and yeah. like um, bacterial vaginosis yeah more oh yeah well, big time big time and so it's like with their these products prey on our insecurities if you are concerned about the smell of your of discharge that you have or the smell of your vulva then you need to go to the doctor like there is a normal odor that is not mm. not offensive and not fishy and not yeasty that that's that is the normal odor of our of our body but fishy yeasty like if it just doesn't foul, smell if like right. the discharge is like gray or really thick and cottage cheesy, yeah. you don't want to cover that. You want to fix right. that. Like you, you need, need yeah. to go. So if you were at to all con- if you were at all concerned, your first stop should not be a uh, wash the douche shop. Right. Your first stop <laughs> should be the doctor, and then maybe to your pelvic floor physical. <laughs> Have you ever douched? No, I haven't either. No. No, no. It never sounded comfortable. I'm like, I don't want to put stuff up I there. I want to say, like, know. in the locker room in college, it wasn't, like, open bay showers, but, like, the showers were, like, all along one wall. It was not, like, totally private stalls, but it was not, like, open. And there was, like, a handful of people that I played with over the years that, like, had, like, their body wash and, and then, like, Summer's Eve or Vagisil or whatever in the shower. They probably didn't have something that would require that. It was just, like, what they did. Yeah, but well, not what do you think about, like, Summer's Eve's unscented stuff? No? Not, not needed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. Just water. If you feel compelled to, like, clean yourself, like, a really mild, mild, mild soap. So checking your ingredients... Good Clean Love does make like a, a wash that's like super, super gentle, but it's not, it's really not necessary. Yeah. Save your money. So, or if you do feel compelled to wash and you have like a bar of like Dove soap and it's like mild and gentle or whatever, unscented, you can wash the external part Yeah, and then just like rinse it really good with water. So along the lines of showering, I've seen things that say you should not pee in the shower. Mm-hmm. Standing up. Yep. <laughs> I I can't say I I am so guilty of this like I'm like I feel like I have pretty good bladder habits I probably run on the on the side of like a nurse's bladder where I do tend to like hold it me too for I can can hold it all day yeah it's bad but I do typically like when I get into the shower one the sound of the running water like triggers some like mental well well, you know that like old wives tale or whatever where if someone's sleeping and you put their hand in warm water it makes them pee yeah I feel like that's kind of true yeah it's like this emotional that's like the neurologic thing that happens when water turns on or we hear like the ocean or we we're washing dishes and that yeah. triggers urgency um and so if you turn on the shower and you a little urgency gets triggered and you hop in the shower you're like well i gotta go, I go. so the reason that some providers feel like you should not pee in the shower is because you're standing up and mm-hmm. when you're standing your pelvic floor should be like supporting you and standing and have a little tension there yeah, yeah. versus when you're on the toilet hopefully you're in more of a more squatting yeah. like position yeah, so where your pelvic yeah. floor is relaxed so it's basically like training your pelvic floor to be tight while you're trying to pee as well as the hovering like the habit that that creates right Mm -hmm. so now you hear the shower turn on you feel like you need to pee you hear the sink you feel like you need to pee you right so then you have these false urges yeah it's 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 the like the mental emotional side of the bladder and the pelvic 
more. But I have a funny story. <laughs> so when I was pregnant, even pregnant, I have like a bladder of steel and I hate waking up at night to go pee. We're the same. I'm I do yes. all the mental tricks. I breathe into my pelvic floor and I will not get up. <laughs> I refuse. <laughs> and even if, even when Cam was a baby and he'd be up like 10 jillion times at night, I refused to go. <laughs> Because I was like, I'm not going to be up 10 times a night after you start sleeping more. So I went for some Reiki. I can't remember what one it was. If it was like when we were trying to get pregnant with, with Robert or after I was already pregnant with him. Maybe both times. Probably both times. I went. I got there. She asked me if I had to go to the bathroom. I had gone not that long beforehand. So I was like, no, I don't need to go. There's like, I don't need to do a just in case pee. I don't. That's jick peeing. You shouldn't yeah. do that either. Yeah. Jicking. You don't need, if you don't feel the sensation to go and it's been within a two to four hour time frame, then it's not necessary. So no, I had just gone before I got there. I did not, I didn't have to go. I had no sensation that I had to go. So we go in, I like lay down and she has this like beautiful space. That's like very calming. There's crystals everywhere. It's very beautiful. And she also has a water feature, <laughs> which is also very nice and calming. I think it was the second time I was there because the first time I was there, it was like I was dead to the world. So second time I was there and I hear like this trickling, nice trickling water. And I'm like, you know, nice and relaxed, trying to clear my mind and like get my chakras all straightened out. And I am like, cannot stop thinking about having to pee. <laughs> oh, that totally ruins. Like, and it was probably not till like the last couple minutes or so. But I was like, oh, I'd be interested to ask, like, how many of your clients stop you to ask you to the bathroom? Might want to get rid of, of that, that water feature. And I, you know, I've, I should, I should tell her. And I think she does. I think she might listen to the podcast. So I'll, I'll, if she does listen, I'll find, we'll find out. It's Heather down at Indigo Yoga in Aberdeen, which is awesome. And if you want to smoke, support a, a local small business. Um, she's great yeah so it was just it was really funny so uh, in my head I was like I should have gone <laughs> but you know what even if I had gone I think because I do pee in the shower fairly frequently there's just this mental relationship for me so I hear some nice trinkling water sounds my brain says oh you need to empty your bladder so it was definitely not a, like a muscular thing it was like totally a, a mind thing so I enjoyed my session very much and got a lot out of it but it was like huh that's really my pelvic floor brain was like turned on for a minute you know, that whole association with something and having to mm -hmm. pee. Mm -hmm. Owen does that when I brush his teeth. Oh. Every freaking time I start brushing his teeth, he starts holding his penis and like, I have to go pee. I have to go pee. And I'm like, oh. no, you can wait one minute. So the teacher some urge suppression. <laughs> like, so I caught on to this after a while. And I'm like, why is he always? And then I was like, no, you're creating a habit. Like you need to pee either before I brush your teeth or you need to wait till after. But it's so crazy every single yeah, time. It's amazing how there's other controls. It's not just muscles and mm -hmm. yeah. Cool. Associations. Um, so along with the peeing in the shower or like standing when you pee, mm -hmm. there's a big thing about like not hovering. Like when yeah. you're in a public bathroom, I am such, I will admit it. It's not good. You shouldn't do it. But I am a total hoverer. I will not sit down on Make a Make a nest, girlfriend. I will poop if I have to hovering. Make I will not. a nest. <laughs> I will not. When I assess your public floor, <laughs> it's probably my really advice is going to be. To sit down. Sit down on the damn toilet. I mean, it's like, I don't know. I think that started really early. I remember yeah, doing like, that as early as like, like middle school. Deep emotional things that <laughs> like our bladder is very, our bladder and bowel are very, very emotional. <laughs> Trauma is held in our pelvis. 
Oh, yeah. And I've always been tall, so it's never been a problem to hover. Whereas, like, I feel like shorter people don't really have a choice. I don't know if this is... I mean, it is a healthy habit. I will sit in the most disgusting-ass place, and I will sit and pee. Nope. I can't. I can't. Sometimes, like... If it's really disgusting, I'll make, like, a nest of toilet paper. But to be honest, I've been at, like, festival-type situations in college How where I was like... No, I The likelihood of picking something up in my <laughs> toilet seat is so low. I can't. The handle is more disgusting. Well, like, I always flush with my foot. I won't touch a handle okay. either. <laughs> so the handle, the door, the taps, like, that's dirtier than sitting your butt on the toilet seat. Yeah, I try not to touch it. Like, don't rub your vulva on the toilet seat. <laughs> Like, weirdo. But, like, you're not going to get anything from the toilet seat. I can't. (laughs) I can't. I try not to touch anything. So there was this time we went to the beach, okay? Ash was deployed. Elsie was less than a year old. And then Uh I had a two and a three-year-old, right? Oh, Lord. And at that point, you Well, your pelvic floor is going to be (laughs) freaking... Woo! So you can't leave them out when you go to the bathroom. They no. all have to come in the stall yeah, with you, right? Yeah. And there was no big uh, handicapped stall. Oh, so we God. were in a normal stall. I had Elsie in the carrier on my front. Yeah. And then the boys there, and I hovered that shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> It was the I, I walked out of there. I was so proud. I don't even need to evaluate your public floor, Eddie. I know what I'm going to find, and it is so going to be. Tight. But do you have a public wand? No, I don't. I have Ash. Oh. Ash does all of my internal massage for me, but okay. I I need one mm-hmm. because I think it'd be good to good figure out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, intimate Rose. Intimate Rose. She messaged me when we first started the podcast. Really? That she wanted to be on the podcast. We Heck need to yeah. figure out how to get guests on our, like, and get, have the sound be good. And see you logic, right? She's hilarious. Oh, she's the best. I think we need to, to venture into guests. We what do you guys think? Let us out. know if you want to be on our podcast. If you think that would be fun. If you have a suggestion of someone that you'd like to hear on our podcast. Because, like, who knows? We could ask some, like, really important people to be on our podcast. And they might say yes. Maybe. So if they don't, they don't mind not so beating around do, the bush. Yeah. They need to be, like, they need to listen. I think, like, a caveat would be you have to listen to some of the episodes, particularly maybe, like, the WAP episode and, like, Lady Wood. Those were probably the two, like, most personal. Yeah. Or we, and like, popular. Though um, Rose Birth Story was, mm. I think, number two. If you look at it, the episodes, the latest episodes have more views, mm. I think, because it's been growing. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it can't hurt to ask people. So who knows? Maybe they want to. If someone asked me to be on a podcast, I'd say yes. I think people are get, becoming a little bit more excited about the podcast and like yeah. excited and we like to do it. We're what, on episode seven or eight, mm-hmm. something like that. Have you ever thought about how much information, personal information, we're just, like just divulging? Oh, it's out there and, now. Like, sometimes I lay in bed and I'm like, oh dear, like should I like talk you about that? Like, or? I, I, did I say this on another episode where I've been out in public <laughs> We live in a small community. It's difficult for you, me to go in public and not see somebody that I know. To be fair, though, you stick out like a mile away because right. you're super tall and you have really poofy curly hair. Yeah. So people know you like right off the bat. Okay. So it's, yeah, it's, diff- <laughs> it's not difficult for people to remember me and like see me in public because I'm tall. Yes. <laughs> so, But like then 
what's been really funny is like when people are like, oh, I listen to your podcast and I like tell my friends about it and I really like it. And I'm, I like feel like immediate. Oh shit. What do you know about me? And I'm, I'm totally comfortable right here being like, oh, and we were having sex and this and this and this. And then when I'm like seeing that person face to face, I'm like, oh my gosh, you know about <laughs> you my know vagina. all the things. I know. It's but I, so like, weird. And so I need to just get over that and be, oh, that's amazing. Thank you so much for listening. Like, you know, and just be a little bit more I don't know just not I'm not embarrassed like I'm not even the least bit embarrassed it's just like oh shoot people actually listen to this like oh this is just gonna be a fun thing for us to randomly do because so many people tell me like oh you talked about this and that really helped me or that I thought I was the only one blah 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 I'm like okay Mm -hmm. that makes it worth it like if if we're like putting it out there if one person says that there was some small tidbit of helpful information I'm like all right cool yeah, the weird thing, my mom recommends it to me. <laughs> I'm like, for <laughs> one, yes, she listens. Okay. And oh, I, yeah, we talked about this. Yes, and I'm like, do you want to know about Ash and I's sex life? <laughs> like, why are you listening to this? Yeah. Um, she works at a school. I was on a call with her, and she's like, oh, I was just telling the computer guys about your podcast. <laughs> I'm like, why would you do that? <laughs> so, oh, my God, yeah. So my mom will, like, recommend my, like, Instagram page. I mean, I think my mom's, like, into Facebook. She's not really on Instagram. Mine is And I don't think she can figure out podcasts, which is maybe a good thing. (laughs) But I'm whatever. If she wants to learn all about you. (laughs) So, but yeah, she'll, like, tag her, like, old students. (laughs) And they were adult students when she was teaching them, so it's a little less weird. But, like, her students that she taught when she was at the college who are, like, having kids now. Yeah. And she's like friends with them on Facebook. She'll like tag them in stuff. <laughs> I'm like, that's great. Like, I love it. Share, share away. We got one of the biggest compliments, by the way. What? Like one of my clients who's a mom here, um, she she told me the other week, she was like, I grew up in a family that didn't talk about mm-hmm. anything, mm-hmm. right? Like very private. She said something like, you and Haley, like listening to you guys and being around you guys, like I've really learned to like talk about stuff or like yeah. open up and I'm like win yeah but we don't have to be ashamed because yeah. men men have a problem with their penis they get a check hey random about men did you know that there was a birth control method for men and in the trials they stopped it because the men complained about how they felt when they were on it but women on control <laughs> feel like absolute trash and like and that crazy that's off topic. I think but... the burden, yeah, that burden of contraception falling on the person who could potentially carry a child is unfair. Yeah, that's a whole other talk. One more question for you, mm-hmm. you know, in the podcast realm. Why do you think that nobody or we haven't seen anybody do a podcast like this talking about personal pelvic health? Why isn't that a thing? Because like everyone and their mother has a podcast. I think because if you're a professional, like we are, (laughs) I shouldn't laugh when I say that. Is that you, yeah, you maybe want to maintain a certain level of like separation from what you do. But that's why we got into this. We got into this because we were struggling with something that no one was talking about. And and so part of growing, improving the health care, improving the care that women get for their pelvic floors or for their bodies in general, I think part of that is sharing 
sharing your story. Who would you rather relate to or have provide care for you? Someone who's hoity-toity, Real you know, profesh. a lab coat and like giving you straight answers and no expression and no like personality or, and not to say, I'm these are just, I'm just right, making a right, point. Right. Yeah, yeah. Or someone who's going to share their own issues and oh, how yeah. they've gotten through them. I mean, or... I don't have an, uh, like a business connected to my Instagram yet. I started doing that because I wanted the people in our community who were dealing with similar problems that I dealt with or were in that same phase of life as me to come see me as a, their physical therapist mm -hmm. because that's who I wanted to treat. And I wanted them to know me. Mm -hmm. Because like, yeah, that's a very intimate, intimate relationship. And to feel comfortable with that person before you even meet them, mm -hmm. I think is important. Right. Um, and so I always feel like if I'm taking my kid to a new doctor, or I'm taking them to a specialist for something, then I'm taking a risk, I'm taking a risk and being like, I hope this person is a good fit. Is a good fit. Mm -hmm. And all, you know, you try to do a little research, you try to get recommendations from other people, but other people's experience is not your experience. And so you can read reviews, you can do whatever, but until you meet that provider, you don't know if they're going to fit you. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they do, and sometimes they don't. Mm -hmm. If people don't want to see me as their therapist or do a program with you because mm -hmm. of what they see about you on your social media, then good. Yeah, because then you're attracting the people that you're so, going to have that like if, impact yeah, or relationship if you don't, with. If you don't like me... You're not going to like me regardless. <laughs> yeah. If you, if you like what you see and you kind of connect with that energy and you feel comfortable with who we are, mm -hmm. then that's going to enhance that appointment. That's going to enhance that experience. And then also, like, we're putting out information to help you... Also make that appointment better. Ask better questions um, where, where we can kind of jump into assessment and treatment without having to do, obviously, we're going to continue to educate, make sure you understand fully. But you having a little bit of that background information, having a little bit of that foundation so that, yeah, so that we can dive, dive in. Or if you're not near us, that when you are searching for your therapist or you're searching for someone is that you know what you want mm -hmm. or you don't want. Like if you don't want anyone like me, then that exists. Building that awareness, building the rapport and the trust. Yeah. yeah, you're just putting it out there. Doing something online or a podcast or a program, you can reach more people and spread the word so much easier to yeah. a bigger degree or, than like, just seeing people. Or people saying, along. like, yeah, I heard the, I heard your podcast or I saw something you posted randomly because the algorithm popped you up and I made a call and I got in touch with a local physical therapist. That's amazing. Yeah. So yeah. how amazing is that? And, and so, like on the fun side of it, we wanted to make this fun and candid yeah. because we literally have these conversations all the time. Yeah. But there was our last episode with the sex position talk. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had commented on the picture. I'm like, if you don't have a friend that can teach you new moves, you need, <laughs> <laughs> you need new friends. Right. <laughs> like, so in that one uh, review, which was the best is like, oh, I feel like I'm talking with a few of my friends. I think that's our goal yeah. is to make people feel like this conversation is being had and we'll have it with you. And mm -hmm. this is, these are things that should be talked about. Who would be your dream guest on the podcast? It could be anyone in the whole world. Who would you like to talk to and pick their brain on something? Does it have to be public? It doesn't have to be public. Oh my goodness. It could be if you want, but 
I don't know. I am like a huge Shit's Creek fan. Huge, Ooh, huge, huge. I just started watching it I, again. The me time. too. I've never done that with the show. Me neither. I don't even watch movies a second time because I feel like I'm wasting my time. Like when I have it, to run. When it first came one. out, so it's a Canadian show. I'm Canadian. Like Canadians just crap their pants over the show, which they should because it's hilarious. But I think I resisted watching it at first. So I was like, oh, it's another CBC show. Like, And then like when he was born, I was like, I need a show to watch. And I started watching it. And like, it took me a few episodes to like me really too. get into it. And then I was like, oh my God, this is hilarious. A little bit of Alexa. <laughs> like, Dan Levy would be, oh. I love that guy. Mm-hmm. Like oh I stalk him on Instagram on all his fan accounts. He's just so he's cool. He's a cool guy. His yeah. energy. Mm-hmm. I love his energy. I think he'd be funny too. Mm-hmm. And I love his facial expressions. How would he feel talking about vaginas? I don't know, but yeah. like Shit's Creek talks about a lot of sexuality yeah. things. Yeah, that's like, true. They, I like the wine, not the label. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. I feel like that, like would... sexuality is a spectrum and, and gender is spectrum yeah. And, yeah i feel like he'd totally be down to talk about pelvic oh, floors and boners and <laughs> lady wood Lit- man wood whatever. all the wood all the wood all right. That's a good answer <laughs> how about you i was thinking about that when i asked you it i don't know i don't know it's hard you'd have to jive with them there's some like, really fun gyns oh, on instagram that do yeah. great reels and they're really funny Yes. I'd probably pick some of those too. We could do a video pod to teach us some TikTok dances. Oh, hi, Elsie girl. <laughs> Everybody's joining in. Hi, Elsie. Do you want to talk? Yeah. Do you want to say something? <laughs> what do you want? Here, put the headphones on so you can hear yourself, okay? Elsie, did you take a nap? It looks like she took a nap. Can you hear yourself? Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, take turn to the microphone and say, say, love your bush. Love your bush. <laughs> bush. <laughs> Bushka. <laughs> Elsie, what do you do when you see a toxic person? Go see that? Go the other way. Go the other way. <laughs> <laughs> they were helping me with the toxic reel. They were all like repeating it. It was Walk so funny. Way. Walk the other way. You can communicate with Addie and I both in regards to the podcast questions, comments, concerns, topics that you want discussed on our podcast Facebook page, Don't Beat Around the Bush Podcast, as well as our email account, which is Don't Beat Around the Bush Podcast at gmail.com. You can also find our podcast on all the major podcast platforms. So please subscribe, comment, and share all the bushy love. It's probably pretty obvious that our episodes are edited and produced by Addie and myself. (laughs) And our music is provided by Blockhead. This is the Nano Outwalk Father. Don't be around the books. Love your books.